It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I love 40s. How's it going? Welcome to episode number 618 of Locked On Raptors for Saturday, December 7th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, please make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network, where we've got team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got 27 NHL teams covered, plus a fantasy and a national show, and we've got the football and baseball sides for you as well. In particular, a thing you should listen to right now, Justin Morissette of the Lockdown NHL podcast did an interview yesterday with Daniel Carcillo, who is a former NHLer, two-time Stanley Cup champion, who has been one of the most outspoken people over the last few weeks when it comes to hockey's culture of abuse, and he knows it because he was one of the players who perpetuated that as an enforcer and a guy who self-proclaimed was you know, racist on the ice and was not an exceptionally good dude. And has since kind of learned and grown and become a really great advocate for changing the way hockey is done. And I highly recommend you check out that interview with Justin and Daniel Carcillo on the Locked On NHL feed. Uh, you can find that wherever you get your podcasts, of course. All right, on today's show, it's a mailbag episode. Sorry we didn't have a Friday episode, just schedules made it more uh, doable. And I kind of like doing Saturday morning shows. It's fun, it's relaxing, and uh, joining me for this fun, relaxing show, it's Katie Heidel. Katie, what's up? Saturday morning is a chill podcast time, you know? You yeah. got your coffee, you've been up for a little while. I haven't been it's up nice. that long. I usually take advantage of Saturdays to sleep in as a person who wakes up. Well, you've got your coffee. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm recently woken up with coffee, and it's just light. I'm just going to have a sip right now. Mm. <laughs> really took a sip. Mm. That was one of those really big zips where you feel like you're going to break your esophagus when you swallow. Uh, <laughs> I'm good. So enjoyable. I'm good now. Uh, <laughs> it was a very performative sip, and I apologize for that. Uh, on today's show, Katie, we're going to do a little mailbag action. Are you ready for a bunch of mailbag questions? I put up the call. I feel like things are a little bit sort of like angsty right now as it you know, mm-hmm. pertains to the Raptors because they've lost two games and no one could ever handle losing two games. And so I put out the call for no basketball questions of any uh, importance or relevance at all. And I think people mostly obliged, which is pretty cool. And we got a couple holiday-themed questions from my beautiful fiance that I think are going to take up most of the time because uh, it's fun. They're fun questions. So we'll yeah, get to those I'm in just a second. prepared for those questions because <laughs> you gave me a good heads up for that. See, I could have been more prepared for it, uh, but I decided to go see Knives Out last night instead and did not do much thinking on uh, this kind of stuff. So It'll be off the I cuff for me today. I the Irishman. Oh, yeah? How far <laughs> did you get into it? I haven't watched it yet. I just kept waking up at all these different parts, but as far as I can tell, the plot is just like he's just killing guys nonstop. <laughs> and that's Martin Scorsese's favorite kind of movie. Yeah. 
Uh, on the topic of the Irishman, I highly recommend people listen to the Round Ball Rock episode from this week, um, where Joey and Sean indulged my insanely stupid question, where they went through the top 15 NBA scores and whether or not Martin Scorsese thinks they are cinema. It's very good stuff. You should listen to Round Ball Rock always, but in particular, this week. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's enough for shilling for other podcasts. Katie, are you ready to dive into some of these questions? I'm ready. All right. Okay, we're going to start with the one serious one because it's sort of newsy. Because uh, Howard Beck dropped a report this morning uh, in response to the New York Knicks being an absolute shitstorm, firing Dave Fisdale, and uh, apparently back on the hunt for whoever they're going to fire next. And Howard Beck in this piece referenced the growing scuttlebutt that the Knicks once again want Masai Ujiri. Uh, <laughs> I mean... The, the question we got is, uh, hold on, let me see here. I believe it's from a Knicks fan as well, which uh, makes me even more mad to have to address it. Uh, it comes from Jared Mintz. He asks, when will Masai to the Knicks rumors go away? Uh, Katie, do you have any inkling on this? Because, man, I want them to go away. I don't like it when they feel serious from, like, reporters who I trust. It's, it's not cool. Yeah, I mean, the rumors will only go away, unfortunately, whenever the Knicks hire their next coach yeah so and then i think there's like there's there's something about Masai that is like perpetually appealing to franchises and disarray because he's such a level man Mm -hmm. um and he's like i don't know he is like kind of this great leveler in basketball and the knicks desperately want that uh whether or not to take it seriously i mean i guess take it as seriously as any other like rumor around like who could potentially be the coach like we were talking about before we got started of like becky hammond has also been like rumored to be interested potentially if the deal was right and Mm -hmm. i guess like that's that's the one thing to land on right is like how for every single would-be coach the the deal would be different so like the rumors ultimately have no founding unless like you strike some. You you kind of hit on something that would actually be like extremely appealing to that coach with Masai or the GM rather with Masai. I think it would be as that article mentioned access in the New York market for like Giants of Africa. But mm-hmm. a part of me doesn't really believe that, <laughs> uh, and it would be like having this kind of free reign over the team and agreeing that like Dolan would step away. Which I also don't think is possible. <laughs> yeah, that's the that part. Because I can't yeah. keep his ass out of anything. Yeah, that's the part that uh, definitely throws me off the scent a little bit, um, and just makes it seem a little less likely. the The whole like New York platform for Giants of Africa thing, I get, but at the same time, like Masai's got great relationships with the NBA, which is literally located in New York. He's got, mm-hmm. like, Giants of Africa is run through the NBA, and, and like, sorry, Basketball the Borders is run through the NBA, um, and, like, there's, like, pretty good, you know, symbiosis going on there, and I don't really see how a move to New York would enhance that. I mean, there are all the rumors in the summer about the Wizards job, right, and how, oh, if he's in D.C., he's got all these connections. And it's like, the dude was in Kenya with Obama literally in the summer while trading for Kawhi Leonard. He doesn't need location to be his sort of, like, gateway to connections. He's Masai goddamn Ujiri. Um, I guess the one thing is, like, the challenge of turning the Knicks around has to be kind of alluring, I suppose. And the fact that there was a report in there that MLSE offered 
Masai a big extension in the summer, and he turned it down, uh, trying to keep his options open. I, I guess that makes me a little bit queasy too. But at the same time, maybe most people should probably be doing that th- that that stuff. If you're Masai Ujiri, why wouldn't you keep your options open and keep your flexibility? He's the LeBron of like executives, so do what LeBron did and just sort of go one year by year at a time and see what happens. And you can sort of exert your leverage over your bosses to get more, like more uh, funding for Giants of Africa and things like that. So I I don't know how to feel yeah. about all of it. I don't think they're yeah. going to go away anytime unless the Knicks hire some, you know, other executive like Sam Presti or something who was mentioned in that piece. But I I don't know. I It's probably going to be something that's here until Masai is no longer with the Raptors, which is very depressing to think about. Well, one, first I'll say, I don't think that the Knicks organization would be, honestly, I don't feel this, like, in my gut, they'd be as willing to give Ujiri the kind of funding that, like, it mentions MLSE has, because that's not their priority. They don't, like, they they aren't, like, an organization that has kind of aligned themselves with that priority as being like, oh, this is Messiah's priority, it's our priority too. Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem like that unselfish of an organization to do that. To, to your point, like, Messiah is just a, a phenomenal businessman. Uh, so I think, like, to the end of, like, not signing, to keep your options open, everybody should do that. Do that in your regular jobs, guys. Like, you yeah. should, everybody should do that. It's just, like, being smart, advocating for yourself. You gotta... You got to do it. And then I forget what I was going to say. Oh, the Knicks are like the fountain of youth of the NBA, I feel like. So there is always going to be this like perpetual appeal if like you could be the one to come in and fix it. Yeah. You know, like what like what a legacy move that would be. But it's more like in Indiana Jones when they find the <laughs> wrong cup. And it instantly drains the life out of the person who has decided to take a sip. So we haven't seen anybody get it right yet, and it, maybe it is cursed and, like, you can't until I think Dolan sees himself out or is thrown out. But, like, yeah. either way, it's just, like, it's too much of a quagmire. Um, I don't think Masai would be able to work freely. Uh, I think they would, like, try very hard to, like, attract him. But, again, like... If we know anything about him, it's like he's not going to be lured away by false promises. Yeah. And, like, I feel like MLSE is very much inclined to match anything that anyone's offering. So I don't think money's ever going to be a concern. Like, I feel yeah. like, like whatever the offer is plus one is what the Raptors or what, what, what MLSE will offer him. So that's not, I guess it is just sort of the ambition thing, right? And I've kind of long held that I think whatever Masai's next job is, is not going to be running a team. Like, I think it's going to be something much bigger than that. Um, And, you know, maybe the Knicks is one step before that in between. But I just, I still kind of still think that if he moves on from running a team, it'll be to do something much more meaningful than running a team because he kind of has that wherewithal to do that. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Question for you. you. Would you, like... Do you, would you rather see James Dolan be the Knicks owner forever, or would you rather see him gone tomorrow? Like, <laughs> I, I'm to torn. I'm thrown in a well. I don't know. Like, Because <laughs> <laughs> don't you feel like, sorry to be like totally macabre on like a Saturday morning, but don't you feel like he's not, it's like really cold dead hands with him. Like he's not giving up this the team. Yeah. 
And like, it's not going to be taken from him unless he's just like kind of out of the picture. <laughs> I believe in the uh, fan fiction piece, Duncansteins, that you wrote, uh, he does get thrown down a well of some sort. But yeah, the sewer. Yeah, he gets, he still survives the sewer fall. <laughs> but if you'll remember, yeah, he finds it quite comfortable down there. He doesn't mind it all that much. So, which again, I think is like kind of spot on. So. I don't know, man. Like, who knows what he wants? He also, I don't think he actually knows what he wants. Like, he saw in, he saw in, like, Fisdale something, you know? And mm-hmm. then he just, he decided, actually, I don't really like it that much. And, yeah. like, how, they've gone through, like, five coaches in the last, like, under five years. Is that what they, not five coaches, but, like, five different, like, kind of front office shuffles. Yeah. And, like, Steve Mills it's, has been there through all of it, which is even more yeah. remarkable. Uh Part of me, like, it's, look... It's a mess, man. Yeah, James Dolan sucks, who has held... He, he's helped, like, perpetuate sexual assault with and, and sexual harassment with Isaiah Thomas and shit, and, like, he's a very bad person who is just, like, scum of the earth very clearly. But part of me is kind of charmed by the ineptitude of the Knicks, all because of him. <laughs> and, like, I, I do think we'd be missing something if the Knicks weren't this just disastrous tire fire, if that makes sense. So... Like, ultimately, it'd be good for him to be gone and maybe just get, like, a different, less nefarious half-wit owner in there. That'd be cool. But uh, part of me does enjoy that the Knicks are this, this, like, just endless churn of garbage. But, you know. Well, one of the more unsettling rumors was, like, whether or not they look at Jason Kidd. And in which case, I stand by my point, which is, like, you can't feel bad for them anymore. Yeah. You can't enjoy like the spectacle of destruction if if that's like the direction they would move in. Then they just go pure evil. Yeah, that's true. If they're not already that, I mean, the players, I guess, are like harmless in all of this. And Fizdale made them a little bit more likable, but yeah. yeah, I God, why are we talking about the Knicks on a Saturday morning? Stupid Howard Beck. <laughs> Love you, it's Howard a curse. Beck. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, listen to the Duncan Steins episode for the real James Dolan. Uh, <laughs> before we carry on with today's show, I want to remind people that you can sponsor this podcast. If you have a company that you're looking to uh, increase the profile of, you can get in touch with me, sean.woodley1 at gmail.com. We have lots of great local packages for uh, Toronto and other GTA-based companies, and we can help you get that process started. Just email me at sean.woodley1 at gmail.com. And we can get that process started for you. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, all right, let's get into some more of these questions that are uh, not Knicks related, shall we, Katie? Uh oh, we lost Katie. Here I am. Hey, there we are. <laughs> that terrified me. It was really well timed, your dropout right at the break, but. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, glad you're back. Uh, are you ready to get into more of these questions? Dylan cursing us from afar. <laughs> uh, all right. This is a very good question. I like it a lot. From at Midlife Vertical. If Kyle Lowry was six foot five instead of five foot eleven, would he play more like PJ Tucker or James Harden? 
Uh, I think PJ. Yeah, I don't think he's like. There's so much of the James Harden game that is like not the Kyle Lowry style of like even life. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle Lowry does you does can't not take personality out of it. Yeah, Lowry does not party at all. Um, James Harden, quite the opposite. Uh, I will say the sort of like threes and shots at the rim. The shot profile is very similar to Harden. But also, Lowry would play really good defense if he was six foot five. I think he'd play like a different. I think more like maybe PJ in terms of sure, like physicality. Yeah. But I also think he would play like a different. And I don't even think it would be amalgamation of those two specifically, but he would play like his own style. I could see him just like dunking all the time. <laughs> yeah. I've always like, like maintained that if Kyle Lowry were six foot five to six foot seven, he'd be one of the top five players in the world just because he's a genius. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know it sounds like sacrilegious to say he'd be LeBron James, but like, kind of LeBron like. Kind of, but maybe like, wow, dare I say, <laughs> I was gonna say better. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll explain why. I LeBron, but because, shorter and better. <laughs> this is because okay. In my mind, I've already, like, taken this full circle, and in yeah. my mind, it's because Kyle Lowry um, becomes tall after he hasn't been tall. So it's not that he was born that way. It's that he has this gift of height bestowed on him. <laughs> mm. And then his game adapts accordingly. So he wouldn't, he's, like, more of an unselfish kind of player in general. I think he would appreciate it for what it was. I don't think he'd like go full on like LeBron style, who can be like you know LeBron. He can be unselfish, but he also let's say takes ownership of the ball sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the game itself. Um, but I think Lowry would do that, but in a more uh, like team focused way. So are we saying Magic Johnson? No. <laughs> <laughs> God, six foot five Lowry would be so good though. My my biggest question though is if Kyle Lowry were six five, would his ass be too big? Oh, I guess that's the thing. The question doesn't say that. Yeah. Does the rest of his body stay the same? Yeah. Or does it does, does it, it scale up in proportion? Proportionately, yeah, yeah, with his height. Because like a six five Lowry, if he has the same sort of proportions of ass, it would be like he'd be unstoppable. Yeah, I mean it would be Swing like a like a three foot ass vertical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his post ups would be unbelievable, just sweeping dudes aside with the cheeks. Um, yeah. yeah, but like not j- gently. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we've definitely established something with this answer. Uh, <laughs> he'd be the best player on the, in the world with, uh, the biggest ass known to man. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. Easy. Man, what a missed opportunity for Kyle Irish genetics. Uh, uh <laughs> <laughs> or science. Yeah. Or freak experiments. Yeah. Uh, next question here comes from Jessica Jade. Uh, she asks, if the Raptors are down at halftime of a game, who speaks first and what do they say? Uh, she says she's always imagined Lowry speaks up before a nurse and says, we are motherfucking world champions, let's win this, something something, something like that. Uh, do you have an idea of how the halftime speeches go when the Raptors are losing <laughs> a game? Uh, 
yeah, I think like Lowry is sort of a natural fit, but I also would say for the time that Lowry was not playing, I could see Fred stepping in to mm. say something for sure. Um, I could see Serge like kind of almost poetically losing the tangent like a little <laughs> bit and like really going off. Just asking, know, just, the, asking the guys how hungry they are for, for victory. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice that's a nice thought. Because I saw it more of as just like a rambling thing. But like sounds beautiful. Um, who else? Gasol is like an, a good, I think it would be like a guy in like a, a dark moment because he's pretty funny. Yeah. He has like a lot of good like almost dad puns. Uh-huh. And bad jokes that might like bring some levity. God, his dad oh, pun yeah. is oh. when he when he dunked on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> it was re- remarkable. Thinking. Yeah, <laughs> I think like the nice thing is you don't have like a shortage of like um, not just vocal guys but like eloquent dudes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Siaka maybe needs a couple more years of seasoning to become that guy. I think he's kind of learning from the crew right now as to how to be yeah. boisterous. Um, I feel like Rondé might get in there. Maybe like out of place and people will be like, what is this guy doing yelling at us? He wasn't even here last year. And n- Nurse was saying, and they might just start saying no, 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 whenever he gets up. But Nope, nope, uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like he's got the, the gumption to you know, get up in front of the, the crew and, and, and yell things. Um, a real dark horse, I could see, like, turning the tide of, like, a really, a game that's just turned dismal would be everybody's, like, too depressed to say anything, like, no one really wants to say anything, and then I've, out of the corner of everyone's eyes, they just see OG stand up. <laughs> he just stands he, up. He doesn't say anything. He just stands. <laughs> he would stand and maybe say, time to play again. <laughs> I could also see so hear me out on this one Malcolm Miller doesn't get to play much but I think he's pretty observant he's been sitting there on the bench for the last three years now just sort of taking it all in he might other than the coaches have sort of the, the best understanding of the on-court product of the team considering he doesn't get to play in the on-court product very much and he's a constant observer and I feel like he doesn't say it much but I feel like if Malcolm Miller were to just sort of cut in with like a really precise criticism of their game, that might really speak to them. He like it's just very quiet. No one you can not really hear anything. It's just like a pretty sullen locker room. They're down twenty at halftime. And Malcolm Miller just goes Fucking rebounding. <laughs> And then everyone's I, like, all right, we got a rebound. detective I picture it as, like, he's got a, like, portfolio of notes he's kept on everyone <laughs> that he puts together after the games, and then he just, like, brings that out of his locker and is like, look, look, you did this exact thing here this game, and it worked like this against this person, so I think that's all we've got to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is good. I did not think we'd get that much out of that question, but I'm glad we answered it. Uh. <laughs> the NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, next question here. Actually, we're getting pretty long on time already, so let's get into the holiday-themed question, shall we? From my wonderful fiance Elena. Yeah. She has asked two questions. Uh, do you want to start with the food one or the gift one first? I have answers for the food one. Okay. The gift one will be more off the top of my head. Okay. So, so let's go with gifts. Okay. Uh, let's go with gifts then. What is each Raptors? Maybe I'll get to everyone. Yeah, we we'll can try. Yeah, we'll try. What is each <laughs> Raptors Christmas wish? Uh, Katie, let's begin. Uh, what's the what order should we go in here? Should we go alphabetical? Should we go uh, scoring leaders? Let's do scoring oh leaders. Oh my gosh! Uh, All right. Or just how it's listed on the app. Okay, uh, Fred Van Vliet is first on the score app for some reason. I don't know why they have done this. Oh, I think it's games played. Okay, Fred Van Vliet. Okay. Uh, what does Fred Van Vliet want for Christmas? Um, maybe just like some nice downtime, <laughs> <laughs> and like some really soft. I picture just some really soft lounge clothing. Mm. I think he wants. That's what I want. Fred. I think he wants uh, three, like enormous burlap sacks with just dollar signs written on them, so he can use them <laughs> at a later date. <laughs> Just to have them handy? Yeah, yeah, just so he has them when uh, the time comes, you know? Sometimes, you know, I, I think that's a good way to go about Christmas often is to get gifts that will come in handy later on. Like, I bought, uh, last year I got Atlanta Christmas, uh, or sorry, tickets for The Sound of Music in June at Christmas. And it was like, oh, hey, we got Christmas to look forward to in June. How great is that? Um, and so, you know, Fred's going to get paid in July. He's going to be really happy for this gift um, when he gets them down the road. Next up, we have Pascal Siakam. What does Pascal want for Christmas? Um, maybe a couple more Google Home Minis. <laughs> He's always talking to that same one. Yeah, I think uh, I think he wants. This is not really a gift you can receive. I think it's just more of a wish. I think he wants uh, Reese's peanut butter cups to replace the peanut butter on the inside with Jif peanut butter, so he can feel good about eating them. Because uh, it's on the brand of the company that he's uh, getting paid by, um, maybe that I, that would not work. That wouldn't be very good anyway. The Reese's peanut butter is its own thing. Um, I also think maybe he wants you know his courage to go up against uh, long, spry big men who give him problems. <laughs> Look, I have to say we got to go off the Christmas for one second because I have to say I don't like everybody being like, "Wow, Pascal is so unconfident." Where did his confidence go? It's just been two games. I agree. I fully agree. I think there's, you know, the the BAM game was weird. And a couple, there's been a couple weird games in a row. But, like, it doesn't, you know, he also just, like, completely destroyed the Utah Jazz defense in uh, very methodical fashion. So, I agree. Not necessarily, uh, it's not necessarily a thing he needs to wish for. But... You know, uh-huh. he could be a little bit more aggressive. Also, maybe he wishes for Nick Nurse to not make him run around on defense for an entire game so he's tired the whole time. Because <laughs> yeah. that's definitely what happened against the Rockets. Uh, anyway, uh, Marcus Saw, what does he want for Christmas? Um, Just some, like, wine. Yeah, like a nice rosé <laughs> tasting pack. <laughs> 
Uh, what does Marcus Sell want? I mean, he already has the sweat. He's got the loungewear. I think he just wants different think, colors of the lounge pants. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like a leg of Iberica ham flown in just for him to like saw off at leisure <laughs> in his locker. <laughs> like it's just hang there. Uh, yeah, I can't top that. Uh, Norman Powell. <laughs> <laughs> um, Norm. Mm, it's hard to, to deviate from what I want from them mm-hmm. to what I think they want. Yeah. Norm, I think, wants, doesn't want to be uh, coming off the bench again. <laughs> I think Norm wants a gift card to wherever he got his most recent fade because since he got it, he has been excellent. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, man. Norm wants to be, yeah, yeah. he wants a haircut uh, yeah. as often as he pleases. I love a good, there's a great barber shop in Hamilton that, uh, that sells beer when you go, and it's just fantastic, and I get gift cards there all the time. It, it's the best. Thoughtful, useful gifts. Um, OG and Anobi, what does he want for Christmas? Um, I mean, what do you get for the guy who's got everything? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even feel like he wants like a gadget. Yeah, like a drone or I something think he's like, like that. A gadget guy. Yeah. yeah, like let's yeah get him a drone. I could see go. him wanting uh, glasses. Like on court glasses that aren't terribly uh, obtrusive to his uh, or obstructive to his view. Yeah. Yeah. Are they still making Google glasses? Google glasses. Oh, I forgot about those. So I guess not, but maybe he wants some Google glasses. I th- uh yeah no they don't really have them although they do have these weird uh, space looking glasses at Oakley that could be worked there could work yeah there you go so yeah. you can mix tech. The yeah. techie gadgety side in his glasses. Yeah. Uh, what does Kyle Lowry want for Christmas? Um, like a, a, a good thumb. A good thumb. <laughs> a properly working thumb. <laughs> uh, good answer. I think Kyle Lowry uh, wants what my dad wants for Christmas, which is, I want nothing. Don't spend money on me. Just come and hang out with me on Christmas. Oh. Yeah. That's, that's what my dad wants. Uh, and I think that's what Kyle Lowry wants as the team dad. <laughs> uh, you're still getting stuff, Dad. Deal with it. Uh, yeah, sorry, Dad's everywhere. You're, you know you'd be depressed if you didn't get a gift. <laughs> Just at least something to open. I probably spend less on my dad than everyone else because he gets mad at me when I don't, but I still get you something, dude. My um, dad buys himself presents and then wraps them. <laughs> so, what do you do with that? Uh... uh <laughs> Next question here, or next person here is Terrence Davis. What does Terrence Davis want for Christmas? Um, what does he want? I don't know. I don't think we know enough about Terrence Davis yet. Yeah, I was going to like riff off the nickname we gave him, but I was like, that's just us. That's not him. Uh-huh. What does he want? Maybe like a nice, uh, no, that's lame. It's going to be <laughs> tour, a personalized tour of the city. Who cares? Not that. Like a gift card um, for one of those buses? Like one of those sightseeing buses? Yeah, no one wants to do that. <laughs> Take this guy to medieval times. How about that? Ooh, getting some mutton? Who's he going with? And then, oh, I mean, I would have said Amir Johnson, mm-hmm. who got knighted at medieval times. <laughs> oh, uh, this is tough. Because like, Terry Davis, if you're listening, let us know what you want. His best friend on the team is Dewan Hernandez, I think, and it's you know he doesn't know much about the city either, right? So, 
Yeah. No. Uh, oh, like maybe an invitation to Drake's new house, which he's just alone in all the time. <laughs> so that'd be good. Not a bad answer. Uh, next one is Rondé Hollis Jefferson. What does he want? Rondé. Um, I'm going to just use this as an opportunity to lightly tease my the answer for my the next question with mm. Rondé. But I feel like he's one of the guys who... Um, if you just get him some like nice sweets for for Christmas, he'd be pretty happy. Okay. Yeah, I think he's like a, a dessert guy. <laughs> I mean, we have to figure this out now. Uh, on the topic of Rondé, to uh, sort of throw a bone to Rob Senta, who asked a question that we're not going to get to today, um, just because we're running low on time. He asked, "How much do you love Rondé Hollis Jefferson's roller skating moves?" Um, and I think just get him roller skates so he can do the roller skating moves with the proper equipment, not just shoes. <laughs> <laughs> or just like those uh, wheelie shoes that he can wear. Oh, yeah. yeah. They do got to make those for gigantic adults. For basketball players. I mean, that, that would be like, can you do that on a basketball court? Yeah, gigantic adults. Like, could you legally do that? Yeah, can you legally do wheelie shoes in a basketball well, game? No, I mean, I don't know that there's a call for it, but... <laughs> I think they make one pretty quick. Chris Paul would point it out for sure. Oh my god. What you, a lunatic. Honestly, I'm with it. I think it's cool. It's just he's fully coming into his narcdom. Like his his like narcdom is come full circle. He's really comfortable with For people like, who aren't aware, uh, he made the refs call a foul on Jordan Bell for not having his jersey tucked in last night. Uh it's extreme dad shit i'm here for it i love chris paul i'm I'm glad he's leaning into his curmudgeonliness in okc it's great um next up serge abaca what does serge abaca want for christmas um like i think a date with tiffany haddish (laughs) that's what i think i think serge abaca wants a spice rack with more than just salt and pepper (laughs) no he doesn't he just wants costco size salt and pepper (laughs) Now you're projecting, so it's tough. Yeah, well, yeah, I, that's what I'm going to get him. As I'm looking at what he needs in his life, I think a spice rack is number one. Uh, <laughs> Chris Boucher, what does he want for Christmas? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 Chris Boucher. Um, what do you think? A Bowflex? <laughs> so we can beef up a little bit, you know. You see how they go in 60 days from something to something else? Like, you could beef up. I was going to say, like, new headphones. <laughs> <laughs> but sure, a Bowflex. <laughs> um, the remaining players, Matt Thomas, Malcolm Miller, Patrick McCaw, Stanley Johnson, O'Shea Brissett, Dewan Hernandez, Shamori Pons. Do you have any strong feelings yeah, about what any of them want? have the Toronto bus tour. <laughs> How about that? And O'Shea Brissett can guide them. Yes. As a, as a local. <laughs> uh, but it has to go to Mississauga, too. They have to go through Square yeah. One and Port Credit and all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's a very good place to leave that question off. And now we get to the second very good question, also holiday-themed, also asked by my fiancé. What person? What would each person on the starting lineup bring to Christmas dinner? Who's responsible for the turkey, and who's the forgetful garbage cook who brings the buns? We can do each <laughs> player if you want to go beyond starting lineup. We can do, or do you want to do it by? I kind of organized it by the meal. 
Okay. Yeah. Let's let's do it by the meal. Um, so what are the elements so we're talking like the, here? Like the main. Okay. The turkey. So we got turkey. We've got sides. Sides. We've got. Or you, we could do like dessert. starter. Yeah, we turkey, got starter. Sides. We got drinks. Dessert. Drinks. Okay. Uh, and the bun guy. And then missile, yeah, buns. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, there might be multiple people bringing sides because there's lots of sides at a turkey dinner. Um, but so who? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, whose house is it being hosted at? Is it Surge's? It's Lowry's. Oh yeah, if you're right. Lowry is the dad. He, yeah, he's the so matri- I, patriarch I, of the team. Yeah, he's the yeah sure. Yeah, <laughs> I have Lowry on the turkey. Um, obviously, I think like there's something about the leadership, and I can just re- I just really have this visual image of him pulling the bird out of the oven, smiling, wearing oven mitts. But then I realize it's probably because I've seen so much of him in an oven mitt. <laughs> So it works at a lot of levels, I think. Oh, that hit me really hard. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, no, the oven mitt definitely seals it for me. I also have this sort of image of, like, um, the way that, like, when my grandfather used to carve up the turkey, you know, me and my brother, we would sort of, like, go into the kitchen and, like, search for scraps before the food was available. And it was like, oh, yeah, no, here's this piece. It's really good. Try this. And this will melt on your mouth. Um, and I feel like he, with Carter and uh, Cameron, he's probably very liberal with the pre-dinner turkey pieces just to, to get the, the juices flowing a little bit for, for the, for the yes. lads. Um yeah, and it has to be at his house. He has all the events there, and uh, I think he had a Thanksgiving there last year. Yeah, and yeah, you, you go to the the head of the family's house, and that is what Kyle is. Uh, so, sides. What are we thinking for sides here? There's like stuffing. So, oh, I guess we can yeah. throw tur- we can throw stuffing into the turkey because that's kind of one of the same. Um, but so yes. we got like yes, uh, so mashed potatoes. I have like. Uh... You got your, maybe, yeah, your potatoes or your sweet potatoes. You could get a little bit wild with the sides if someone's going to do, like, a fancy side. Yeah, like a green bean casserole of some kind. Uh... Yeah, so so I've got Fred Van Vliet um, doing something relatively quick and good and kind of kid-friendly. Mm-hmm. So either, like, a mac and cheese, but he's American, so maybe when they do the sweet potato in that crazy way with the little marshmallows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I could see Fred pulling something like that out. That's that. That's fun. Um, yeah. Oh, I did have someone else on stuffing. Oh, who you have on stuffing? <laughs> I have Siakam because I could see him doing like a nice spicy stuffing, and because that's also what we need to see um, more of him when it comes to stuffing the ball in the basket with dunks. <laughs> My so Siakam, I had a different one off the board entirely. Um, okay. He feels like the bachelor of the team a little bit, and oh. so I had a friend. We used to, uh, you know, have little get-togethers when we were in university, and still do to this day, uh, where you know one of us will cook. Usually, I'm the one cooking because I like to cook, and no one else does. Um, and you know, whether it's you know for the Super Bowl or for we have like a Christmas dinner with all of our friends and stuff like that. Um, and this one friend who does not like to cook kind of sustained himself off of popcorn and canned soup for the entirety of university he would bring he would go to like a gas station and just get like 20 chocolate bars 
and just bring them and then cut them up and then uh, like arrange them into a nice platter of cut up chocolate bars. Oh, that's nice. I can see that being the Siaka move. Just like, yeah, I'm going to go buy a bunch of chocolate bars, arrange them nicely, and uh, that's my contribution to this meal. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that happening yeah. too. Siakam is the my friend Galen of the of the Raptors. <laughs> oh. uh. <laughs> but on on the flip side of that, um, you know, you have like the kind of person who is always sort of like pulling out either like a new recipe or something a little bit impressive. Yeah. But maybe you're like you're surprised when they do. Yeah. Um, so I think. Powell actually probably I think he strikes me as someone who has very good manners. Okay. Um, I just feel like because of like what we've seen of his mom. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he would be the one that would like be putting a lot of like sincere thought and time into his dish to be like, what are the guys like? How could I present it in like a cool way that's like gonna get me some attention? Yeah. So I think he's gonna do something like a like a Hasselback squash. You know, when you cut it extremely thin slices. Oh, okay. Um, and then like you roast the whole thing and you like slap bay leaves in between and you've got like a crazy garnish. The whole thing just looks super impressive. I think that's what he's doing. Interesting. Like that. Yeah. I was also going to say that maybe Serge is going to try something really like he's going to stunt cook aside just to like have it there. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be like a mealworm stuffing or something like that. Um, just with like leftover stuff from episodes of How Hungry Are You where he's like, what am I going to do with all this? I guess I'll just put it into a pot and make a side. Um, And so I could see him (laughs) doing that and like maybe one or two of the guys gets in on it. Uh, Maybe like if they invite DeLon right back for it, he'll uh, partake. (laughs) But like it it mostly goes untouched and then goes entirely in the trash. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Okay. But I have something different for search, but we can get to that. Okay. Good stuff. Uh, um, do, do you want to get to dessert or are we still on sides? Wait, we're still on sides. So I think OG is showing up with just a straight up can of cranberry sauce, but then making a point to set the can unopened on a nice plate. <laughs> and no one knows if he's like, is it a joke or is he extremely sincere about it? And just one can. Too. Just one exact, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> um, and then someone yeah. on the team brings, like, a homemade cranberry sauce that ends up being not as good as the canned one. Yeah, nobody yeah. goes for it as much as the canned one. Yeah, they just <laughs> so, like those, like, gelatinous slices. <laughs> I think Boucher's taking it home. I think he's bringing a tortillere. Oh, that's a good yeah. one. That should yeah. be more of a Christmas dinner thing. Oh, I've been at dinners when you've had a tortilla going with the turkey. Oh, it's so good. Damn. Tortilla yeah. rules. God. Nobody's stopping you. You could do it this year. You know what? The 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 lovely grocery store near my house, shout out to Denigers, sponsor the podcast. Um, <laughs> they have uh, tortilla, uh, like frozen, big ass frozen tortillas that they're, they're really, really good. I might go. Let's all do the Boucher challenge this Christmas and just show up <laughs> with a tortilla. That's a, oh man. I'm in on this now. I'm... And then everybody reports back with their Boucher challenge. <laughs> and we'll somehow get it to him, even though he's probably like, I don't know how he even feels about a tortilla. But <laughs> he's been around them, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, we can ask him next time we're at a game. Uh-huh. Chris, uh-huh. Uh, good, 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 good game <laughs> last night. Uh, what are your thoughts on meat pie? <laughs> um. 
and then I think you inevitably have this uh, situation where some like you're like, oh shit, I forgot to assign something, especially if everybody's bringing something different. Yeah. So for that person, I do think it would be Terrence Davis. He would be ready to cover whatever anybody forgot. Like, yeah. Lowry calls him up and he's like, oh shit, um, I forgot about the salad or mashed potatoes or like, you know, the like Christmas crackers that go on the place setting? Oh yeah, yeah. Like to pick up a package of those. You're playing a dangerous game giving a guy on a uh, one year guaranteed entry level deal as a second as an undrafted free agent though the thing for the christmas crackers because you kind of have to spend some good money on those to have them be worth it um, i think he would do it because it would be great incentivization for the team mm, okay that's this fair. guy goes the extra mile all the time yeah i would hope that kyle like chipped in a little one. bit he got the nice one like the costco ones oh yeah um, yeah the yeah. lux <laughs> the lux brand <laughs> <laughs> with the hats just dusted in gold flakes. <laughs> yeah, those shitty hats. Yeah, those the, the shit that the hats are never shitty. They're the best part. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, want to move on to the starter? Like, I I guess so. What is like sort of your afternoon spread typically? Usually, there's like a shrimp ring going on in my yeah. house. There's like a, yeah. you know some like kibasa and stuff like that. Cheese some charcuterie. Crackers. Yeah. 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 Like a board. Um, yeah. I think, like, it's interesting because I kind of forgot about the shrimp ring, but I think the shrimp ring would be like, I feel like I could see Macaw coming through with a, shrimp, <laughs> a frozen shrimp ring still frozen. <laughs> um, Just got to leave it out for three hours. <laughs> yeah. He, like, he wouldn't have thought of that. Um, yeah. And then I think, like, I could see Matt Thomas doing up a nice, like, cheese board. Yeah, and I think he would have it, like, sort of inspired from his time playing in Europe, right? So he'd, he'd know where to get, like, the good shit. Like, the yeah, really good... Yeah, he's got a Gruyere on yeah. there. He's got, like, a small... He's got, like, you know, he's got some um, goats. He's got cheese of every type of milk coming through. Yeah. And, like, some cheese really good soprasada. Yeah. Cow's milk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Matt Thomas, the charcuterie king, apparently. <laughs> um, and then I think for like drinks, obviously I think it goes solves your wine guy. Uh huh. He's he the, bringing a pairing for like appetizer main, and then like some sweet port for dessert. Oh, is he making mulled wine? Oh, I mean, this is the thing I haven't quite figured out about Gasol yet. Would he be like? Yeah, would he be like that's like kind of sacrilegious to to mix wine up with all those spices, or would he be like whatever's a new avenue for me to have some wine? Yeah. For? <laughs> I mean, they could, I guess, go with like O'Shea Brissett as the mulled wine guy, like the hot booze guy, as like the guy with the Canadian roots. I can't imagine yeah. there's much hot booze in Spain, um, so maybe they get Brissett to sort of take up the domain of like the hard. You know, apple cider with some rum in it, and then hot booze guy. Yeah, O'Shea Brissett, hot booze master. Also, a good nickname if we didn't think of a good nickname for him. Yeah. <laughs> HBG. O'Shea Bouzet. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got dessert. Yeah, dessert. So going back to my really poorly planted, like. <laughs> teaser um i feel like it's wrong day i could see him being a dessert guy but i see him he's like pulling up with like a, a bit of everything so he's bringing maybe like a nice new york style cheesecake and like an apple pie or a crumble or mm. something 
and maybe then he's like, what are they like in Canada? But he goes to a nice bakery, and they're like, oh, we've got all these butter tarts. He's like, whatever the fuck these are. <laughs> yeah, and then he's sort of like, all of the cities he's played in, he's sort of bringing the uh, the flair of that, so the New York cheesecake. And then maybe he brings, like, churros from his time in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. like, with, like, a, a nice assortment of dipping sauces as well, like a nice, like, dark chocolate one, and, like, a milk chocolate or a white chocolate and, like, a caramel um, and he's sort of got like he's got little nice ramekins for them as well. Maybe he surprises you with his presentation. You know? Yeah, I think he's like a thoughtful. He's like for sure like thinking this through. Yeah. Um, shout out to ramekins. Love it. Love it. Love a nice ramekin. I don't have enough of them at home. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I guess the last one is buns, right? Yeah, last one is buns. Who's the forgetful garbage cook who brings the buns? Look, I think it's Serge. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, I think it would be Serge, and I think he would talk a big game about what he's going to bring to the meal like weeks and weeks before. He's like, you don't even need to tell me what to bring. I can't believe you would offend me telling me what to bring. Like, I'll know what to bring. Yeah. But then he either times it incorrectly or he, like, forgets to go out and get an ingredient. Yeah. Um, but like something happens that foreseeably he could have avoided, um, by organization. And then he's the one that ends up bringing the buns. Yeah. I can see that. Or he like overcooks whatever he's originally supposed to make. Cause he gets distracted by, uh, the Apple watch that he's got the Samsung watch and he starts like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, or he can't figure out how to set the timer on it properly on his watch and then it mm-hmm. burns. Um, that's it. That's not a bad one. He brings just buns and also Costco sized salt and pepper, of course. Um, <laughs> I can also see Nick Nurse being the guy who brings the buns. I don't oh, know yeah. how much Nick yeah, Nurse yeah. cooks. He's got all this time allotted to coming up with schemes for superstars and just doesn't have the wherewithal or the bandwidth to think about what he's going to make. And so he sells out and just gets uh, not even good buns, just like straight up grocery store. Roles. The ones that everyone's thinking of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think Serge might take the liberty, at least to make up for the fact that he forgot to cook something, that he would go to, like, a nice bakery and get some good rolls, but uh, Nick Nurse, no. He's just, like, going to Food Basics and, and picking up the He's like, thing. I love these buns. Yeah, back in Iowa, these are the delicacy. <laughs> it's like, there's a bakery that just makes these buns. <laughs> Uh, I, well, I think that's it for our dinner, huh? That's it for dinner. I yeah. mean, some people we didn't get to specifically, but I don't know. I feel like we hit on everybody at some point. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, maybe Pascal and Fred combined to make some fried PB&Js after, like, late night when everyone's kind of into the into the booze, into the hot booze. They, <laughs> you bust out some nice, like, uh, you get those like, little grilled cheese presses. They do a this is you're PB&J. really going away with it, but yeah. Yeah. Hey, I don't know. I, I'm, an, I'm imagining Kyle Lowry has like this elaborate backyard with like a huge roaring fire pit that he's going to uh-huh. have running the entire day during Christmas, so people can go out there and chat and have a good time. And then they use that for making uh, fried PB and J's or roasted PB and J's. So drunk that they sneak in and eat. Um, Eat the kids' gingerbread house. <laughs> um, probably Gasol, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> he 
means to take off a little piece and then he knocks down a whole wall. Yeah. Who's um like the most into playing with the toys that Cameron and Kyle Lowry have opened up that day? Um hmm. Is it Pascal? It might be Pascal. Like Pascal just playing with a little uh like car on the track. <laughs> I feel like they get some pretty cool toys that, like, Pascal OG would, like, be interested anyway. Yeah. Kids yeah. aren't getting, like, toys in the same way. They're not getting cars on tracks, man. Yeah, I suppose that's true. <laughs> I don't have children, so I don't know. Yeah, me <laughs> neither, but I, yeah. I feel like they're getting cool shit. <laughs> We've reached the phase in my family as well where no one really has kids. And so it's all just, there's not much, like, Christmas charm. There's, like, one two-year-old now and so we're starting to like build it back up and i guess on alana's side there's more kids and it's getting a little bit more uh youthful but yeah i miss that and i I hope the raptors take advantage of the opportunity to celebrate the the whimsy of christmas with the children um katie this was a whimsical ass podcast thank you so much for uh for joining me for an hour on a Saturday morning. It was much appreciated. Uh, Do you have anything you'd like to promote? Actually, you do have something you want to promote. Make sure you promote it. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, very exciting. Hoop Talks this Tuesday, a very (laughs) not exciting night of the week, but we're going to make it so. Um, It's because I'm taking Basketball Feelings live for the first time at Hoop Talks, on stage, me and my friend Freddie Rivas, who you've had on this podcast before, um, who does the Confederate of Dunks podcast and is a very funny guy, we're going to do something really, really cool, and I have a plan. Some of it is off the cuff, but I do have a plan and a format, but I'm not going to give it away, but you got to come out, and uh, while tickets last, you can get 50% off of your Hoop Talks ticket if you use the code BALLISCRY. Hell yeah. uh, when you check out. <laughs> <laughs> That's at homestandsports.com. Um, so make sure you get there. Yeah, Ball is Cry, the best promo code I've ever seen. Um, maybe we can get that to be a promo code for some of our ads in the future. Uh, that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm very excited. I'll be there. Be I'm going to be there. And, it's going to be great. Are. Yeah, you can yeah. come hang out. Uh, and we'll watch Freddie and Katie do a very, very cool panel to start things off at the Hoop Talks panel. Uh, I think they got another, like, a lot of, like, a lot of, like, pre-Kawhi stuff as well, and I'm sure you'll be touching on Kawhi a little bit, too. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The whole, I should, I should say, the whole thing's like a Kawhi-themed welcome back, or, like, Kawhi's back, uh, how do we feel about it kind of panel. Right on. Um, so we got, oh, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting his name. Um, what's his name? <laughs> Got a dude from the Clippers. Uh, Yovan Buha, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah Yovan's He's in town. There. So, like, you know, at the plus all your other faves that you like. So it's going to be uh, fun. Yes. Uh, that'll be great. Tuesday night. Make sure you go. Uh, and also, coming up next week, Katie and I, I think, with Vivek, are going to be doing a very fun podcast that you should keep an eye out for as well. Um, yes. A big, big decade-ending podcast. That's all the clues I'm going to give you for now. Uh, you can also read Katie's lovely piece at Uproxx about Mike Conley and Fred Van Vliet. It was fantastic. Um, Thank you. Yeah, go read that. And uh, Katie's at whatevs on Twitter. Thanks so much for coming on today, Katie. 
My pleasure. Great to be here on a Saturday morning. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Woodley Sean. <laughs> Subscribe, rate, review, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all the places you get your podcasts. And also, We the Champs is still available wherever you get your books. It is uh, a great way to stay under your limit. If you have a limit at your office secret Santa or Yankee swap or whatever it is, or if you want to have a little stucking, stucking stoffer, nope. Uh <laughs> stocking stuffer for uh, the Raptors fan in your life, please consider picking it up. It's very much appreciated. And uh, that is going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much. We'll be back again on Monday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.